What's up, gamers? Listen to the uh, liberal podcast. Uh, this is Adam Sidorius. <laughs> this is uh, your local libtard, Joseph Salamone, and we are joined by a very special right-wing guest. <laughs> Ew. Hi, Sarah Hall. Hi, gamers. Uh, yeah, we had to get Sarah Hall on this episode because, uh, as always, I think it's almost um, a meme at this point. We get you on for every horror movie mm-hmm. that we do an episode uh-huh. for. Um, because the conservatives are scary. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, we didn't want to alienate our audience or anything. So yeah, we, we had to. A, yeah. A, yeah. A conservative opinion on the podcast. But <laughs> I'm the Megan McCain of the critics podcast. <laughs> my father, my father, my father. <laughs> uh, before we get to Dr. Sleep, we uh, there's a lot of movie news. Um, you guys know movies, right? Um, I've heard about them. Yeah. Uh, well, we there's a lot of movie news going around the internets right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is um, Damien Chazelle. There's going to be a, a Western Skies 2. There's going to be a Sky High 2. There's going to be a <laughs> Valiant 2 uh, you, for any Valiant heads out there. Um, but any also... Rampart heads out there? Any fans of uh, Mark... Not Mark Wall. What's his... Will, uh, Woody Harrelson fans out there? <laughs> Were you going to say Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. I'm jumping, at, I'm jumping <laughs> the gun. Imagine Rampart, but it's Mark Wahlberg instead of... <laughs> Uh, we're already off to a bad start. Um, so Damon Giselle's new movie, Babylon, which from what I've read before, it's about the like conversion or the transition from um, silent films to, as they call it, talkies or just regular movies now. Um, it, they cast uh, Brad Pitt and Emma Stone in this movie. Um, so apparently it's coming out. I don't know if it's 2021 is the release date. Apparently December Christmas. 25th, 2021. Yes, uh, and then uh, and apparently they already have a wide release for January 2022, which is insane that they're already planning that far ahead. Um, so yeah, uh, Sarah, what are you? What are your thoughts on Damon Chazelle, and are you excited for this movie? So Whiplash is probably one of my favorite movies. I'm a big Whiplash stan. Um, La La Land's okay. First Man's pretty good. Not really my thing though. Um, I don't know. I'll probably go see it. Uh, I'd like to see Damien Chazelle do something that isn't about Hollywood, though. Yeah. But, you know. I, I want I this know. movie to I'm end. sure it'll be a masterpiece. Whatever. Yeah, I, I want it to end, and he's going to say, uh, this it's Hollywood, baby. And then it just ends. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds exactly like The Master. Or not The Master, The Artist. The Artist. Mm-hmm. Not The Master. Totally different movie. Um, It sounds exactly like The Artist, a movie about Hollywood actors coming to terms with like transitioning from silent film to talking films. Um, I'm, I'm interested why he chose this one. Um, I, I really liked the stretch he was on with first man. Cause that was very different than anything he did before. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm still interested in this mainly because of the cast, uh, especially Brad Pitt. Um, that's after Ad Astra and once upon a time in Hollywood, I am, mm-hmm fully back on the brad pitt train he is so good i just watched his variety in actor studio with yeah, uh, adam sandler <laughs> yeah i just watched it like right before we recorded actually and i i love him so much and i'm i'm really excited to see him do this uh like phantom thread a lot yeah oh my god Redhead. <laughs> brad pitt is uh he's a film twitter uh girl uh, <laughs> uh joe i know you're a big damien chazelle fan right 
Uh, yeah, me and Adam are both. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if Adam's still in the church, but uh, we. Have, uh, I'm a big fan of La La Land, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Whiplash. And I thought First Man was. Uh, I dug First Man quite a bit. I like the ending of that movie quite a bit. Um, so I. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. I think. Um, it does. It's a. It's a bit like. It's. It sounds like a, almost like an impression of a Damien Chazelle movie. Like it's like what you'd expect <laughs> him to do. It's. Uh, yeah. You know. And I, 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 Adam, I'd say it's more like singing in the rain than it is of the oh, artist. Uh, gotcha. Idiot. Uh, just big, big, <laughs> big yikes from the host. Jeez. It's like, you've, you, you, come on. But uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I've been watching yeah. a lot of Disney Plus lately, so I'm yeah, kind of... He's busy. He's busy. Yeah. He's watched the Forky show Half four times, way. but... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm excited to see it. I, I am a bit. I, I, uh, Brad Pitt's the reason. I, Emma Stone, it's like, oh, she's good. But uh, Brad Pitt. How I'm, dare you? Oh, I love Emma Stone, but I, I, Brad Pitt's the one I'm excited to see. Just because Ad Astra's like really stuck with me. That movie really blew me away, and his performance in particular, I thought was great. So I'd like to. And what I've heard about the script, it's a meaty role for him to play. So. Okay. <laughs> My voice just cracked. Do you have a uh, insider information that you're not sharing with us? You're, yeah, uh... um, there's a twist at the end of the movie where you they, like the whole time it's like like they're talking and they're like they're like flirting. It's like will they won't they? And Emma Stone has this dog, and there's this this scene where like they hear talkies for the first time, and then the camera pans, <laughs> and the dog looks at the camera and goes, "Just wait till they hear about this." And he runs home and he hops on his computer and he starts doing a video blog, and it's actually just dog with a blog. So I'm very excited to see the movie. And on that note, uh, the critics podcast. <laughs> The critics Sarah, podcast. Where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> we uh we fully are excited <laughs> for uh what's called been Babylon. Yeah, we're 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 super excited for this movie that comes out in two years. Um, so the next one we're talking about, I I think we're all on the same boat in this one. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie is coming out. Does he even have a title? I don't think so, right? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think untitled it's, Paul it's, Thomas Anderson project. Oh, well, that's a great title, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's planning. It says on the Hollywood Reporter, it's planning to go into production in uh, February next year. So I'm guessing probably 2021. But uh, then again, they got Phantom Thread out pretty quick when they were filming that. Mm. Um, so I don't know, but uh, apparently it's a, about it's like a high school movie in the 70s, and it's focused on a. Um, what like it was it a tv actor or a, yeah, child? a child star as well just a child star in general it's it's gonna be his hunting boy basically mm-hmm. um i honestly it's just one of those things where it's like if you say paul tom sanderson's making it i'm gonna be first in line um i've he's he's my favorite director he really is he, yeah, he's I, my favorite director too i i feel like even his worst movie heart eight is uh really um, like it's it's still a great movie, and it's still his first movie, and then everything else he's done is a masterpiece. I'm I'm in the train that even Inherent Vice is a masterpiece. Um, so Sarah, are you a PTA shill, and are you excited I for this am. movie? I'm very excited. Yeah, he's also one of my favorite directors. I haven't seen a whole lot of his stuff though. Like I've probably only seen about half of his movies. I'm a big Threadhead though, <laughs> as we all are. Oh, and, that's such yeah. a good. That's such a. Is that what we're called? I think so. Yeah, I heard people saying that, and I really like it. I like it a lot. I like yeah, that too. Really um, yeah, I, uh, I, I just, I love him so much. And also, if you listen to any, 
you know, for anyone that listens to podcasts, uh, there's a Mark Marin podcast, and there's an episode with Paul Thomas Anderson on there. Um, and if you just listen to that and you hear him geek out about the art of filmmaking and his personal life and how much he loves Maya Rudolph, it's like <laughs> one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. And it just makes me realize like he's such a dad and he's making movies and it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, wh- wh- how excited are you for this? Um, well, high school movies are like my bread and butter. I love high school movies. That's like a big, 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 big soft spot in my heart. I love, I really like them. So just like, just like the best director of all time is making one. So it's like, it's like, let's get it, you know? And I can't, I'd, I'd like, it's, it's also set in his hometown. Um, so I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I've heard a lot of like murmurings that like Timmy Chalamet is probably going to get the main character. Ooh, uh, and I, I want What do you guys think about that? That's, that's, that's hot. Just cause he's, oh, he's been openly been like, he's my favorite person. So Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do. I just love that. Cause Paul Thomas Anderson, he makes such incredible films and he's such a master at his craft and everything is so technically perfect and like geniusly thought out. But when you hear him talk about his movies, he's just so casual and laid back about the way he speaks about them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, cause he's such like, like that's what I'm saying. Like if you listen to the uh, Mark Maron pod that he did, mm-hmm. like, I think that's the first time I, actually like listen to him like fully speak about anything and it's like he's not what you expect because you expect mm-hmm. like this really articulate artsy dude mm-hmm. and like if you watch one of his movies especially phantom thread it's like such a eloquently yeah. produced and like shot and just flourished movie and you see him and you listen to him talk and he's like the nicest guy seemingly mm-hmm. Super um, laid back. He uh, he did a Q&A once on Reddit, and they were like, what's advice you would give your younger version of yourself? Yeah. And he was like, I'd shave 30 minutes off of Magnolia. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the best. Um, and what are the chances Tiffany need... Haddish is in this? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> She'll be the teacher. She'll be the yeah. teacher. I don't know. I mean, I uh, <laughs> if anyone... If, I mean, she can, sure. Why as well. <laughs> Do you know why I brought that up? Yeah, because she's been. Okay. There, that was a rumor, right? Or uh, he just said he loves her. Like he, I think he's he. I, weirdly enough, he was talking about how much he loves girls trip. I think, and he was like, <laughs> not even making a joke. I think he was genuinely saying he's he's like you know Tiffany Haddish is like hilarious. I'd love to work with her. Um, I mean, uh, what's the uh, like a boss? It looks so good, so I can't. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's not going to be as good as Nobody's Fool, but I, I think it might uh, be yeah. on par with Night School. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I, I love I, Tiffany Haddish do a serious role. I think that would be really interesting. I love it when comedic actors and actresses do a serious role. Well, well she was McCarthy's good. like better at dramatic acting than comedic acting at this point. The kitchen yeah. wasn't very good, but she was good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, yeah, she was actually the movie itself. Like I said, was not great, but she did a really good job with the material she was given. Um, but I would like to see her like get her own "Can You Forgive Me?" You know, like yeah, just a movie that's actually good with an actual good script, and mm-hmm. just let her shine with it. Because you're right, yeah. Sarah. Like comedians, like when they get that, like I mean, we're gonna be talking about it soon. But Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler, he looks amazing mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. There's something about like comedians going into like a dark territory, um, yes. or even you can talk to about her. Jordan Peele in his horror movies. You know, mm-hmm. like not even not even just acting, but directing. Like comedians, yeah usually make the best content honestly yeah Um, i just finished barry so yeah i was about to say barry yeah Mm -hmm. i just i love that pta is like he's just like he makes these incredibly artful like incredible films but then he'll like 
in the same breath, he'll be like, oh, I love Adam Sandler movies. I love, like, girl... Like, he's not... There's nothing pretentious about him, and I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the that's best cool. quality. Um, and then, moving on, I guess, because there's another piece of movie news. Um, we actually didn't discuss this before, um, but there's been a lot of Batman casting recently. Um, and... So apparently, um, I, actually, I gotta ask you guys: Is Andy Serkis a daddy or no? Um, he's a, in, in Black Panther. He's a daddy, but nowhere else. Uh, Sarah, what is your take on this? Uh, I'm googling. Oh my god, he looks exactly like Jason Blum with a beard. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yep, that's my do, take. Do you think so? You does he get a yes from you? Eh, not really. Okay, well, I guess I'm the only one in the daddy Andy Serkis camp because I. He's fine. I wouldn't I, say he's not. <laughs> I just I always think of him in Black Panther, and that's how I imagine him. So, um, I only bring it up because he has been cast officially as um, Alfred of the new Batman movie. Um, I'm really excited for this because Andy Serkis has proven time and time again that he's an amazing actor, even when he's not doing motion capture. He just completely sells every role he's in. Um, and he's just really, really talented. And I can't wait to see him uh, do this. And uh, Joe, help me out here. Who was the other person that was cast recently? Um, um, in Batman? I think Robert Pattinson got a part. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if, if who he has playing. Um, oh, well, they can't. Um, I don't know. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is 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 uh is, is mm. he's a good actor. He's the Penguin. He's good in Seven Psychopaths. Uh, you know, when I think about <laughs> Colin Farrell in the Batman, I don't think of Seven Psychopaths or any of his like other, or, or like the Lops or anything. I think about like, uh, yes, I think about Daredevil. Um, I think about Fright Night, that movie he did in 2011, because <laughs> like the. The Penguin, especially like in the last uh, like few iterations of him, he's been like the skinny, shrivelly kind of wormy dude. And I think about him in Fright Night, where he's like this cold-blooded, reserved guy. And that's how I imagine his Penguin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get excited about that. Um, I'm getting really hyped for this movie. Um, I yeah. didn't think I could get excited for another Batman thing again, but uh, this cast is really coming together. Um, Sarah, do you have any thoughts on this like casting or at all? Or um, I like Paul Dano a lot, but I think Nathan Fielder should have been the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be amazing. But yeah, I mean, the cast is really good. <laughs> the cast is really good. So <laughs> I don't want Nathan Fielder and Batman. I want Batman to go on Nathan for you. Oh. <laughs> I want to reverse that. We just need more Nathan Fielder in just any, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Joe, how about you? What are your thoughts on this? Um, if we could just get Willem Dafoe as the Joker, it'd be a, it'd be a oh, good Oh, holy shit. Um, but that's all I need. It's just that. I know it'll never, ever happen for a myriad of reasons, but I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I was honestly thinking about Jake Gyllenhaal as the Joker. Um, just take Nightcrawler and paint mm-hmm. him up. And mm. that's that's the Joker. Um, we get Tim Heidecker in there too. Heidecker um, <laughs> is the Joker. <laughs> um, I would love to see that. Kieran uh, Culkin is Joker. <gasps> that's actually good, Cat. That I could see that actually. That's. I would love that. Honestly, he's I think, a um, good Mikey actor. Day should play the Joker. <laughs> I think he'd do. <laughs> Just an exceptional job. 
uh, Kiki Palmer, I think would do a pretty Kiki good job. <laughs> um, I don't know who this man Matt, is. Uh, Matt Bennett. Or, uh, <laughs> Victorious would do a good job. You know, I think Scarlett Johansson would do a really good job. I think so. I think she'd do a great. Uh, she'd be a great bat. Also, with her shifty smile. <laughs> Colin oh. Jones is the Joker. I guess. <laughs> Michael Che is Two Face. Um, let's just cast SNL. Uh, Kate McKinnon as Alfred. Um, let's just do the whole thing. Uh, Davidson can play um, Black Mask. <laughs> No, I want I want Pete Davidson to be Batman, and uh, oh god, it's like the skinniest Batman suit of all time. Um, Just a really tired, angry Batman. Yeah, I thought it was weird in that one scene where he's beating the shadow Joker, and then he tells the Joker that his dad died on nine eleven. Yeah, I thought that yeah, was really and, weird. And then Jeremy Johns gave him lost attack. Like, what? God, what are we even doing? Um. <laughs> Uh, so are we all excited for this? Uh, should I assume? Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in this next piece of casting news, um, we're mainly bringing this out. (laughs) We're mainly bringing this up so Sarah can vent about it. Um, so recently, uh, well, today, basically as of recording, um, Mark Wahlberg has been cast as Sully, um, in the Uncharted movie. Um, it says found negotiations, so maybe not, but probably, you know, because that's just, that's Hollywood, baby. So, um, Sarah, do you want to, like, vent uh, about all the reasons why this is wrong? Yes. So, uh, let me just preface this with Uncharted is the only thing I like. Like, I truly don't, <laughs> I truly don't care about, like, any other franchise. Uncharted is it for me. And I've been really optimistic about this movie, even though I shouldn't be. I know it's not going to be good, and I know right. it's not going to be what I want. But I've been like, okay, uh, they had um, Dan Trachtenberg as the director. I think Tom Holland's an okay choice. It definitely could be a lot worse. But I was like, okay, this will be fine. Uh, the new director seems pretty good. And then uh, Mark Wahlberg gets cast as Sully. And I've completely thrown all my hope for this out of the window. There's no way this is going to be even slightly good i i really hope it ends up being okay because i like i liked bumblebee a lot honestly i thought that was surprisingly a very entertaining movie um and of course kubo and the two strings is great so i'm looking i I was looking forward to travis knight taking over Mm -hmm. um but yeah um just a little insider critics knowledge for any listeners. Uh, Sarah recently let me borrow her uncharted games. Um, so I'm in the middle of uh, uncharted two right now. And this dropped like the second I logged on Facebook today and I saw it and I was like, it, no, like, <laughs> no, like it's so, it's so bad. I don't, I don't even know what they were thinking. It's so, so backwards. It, it, like, it just, it doesn't, fit the character because like sully is like he's not like this stuck up guy or anything but and he's very jokey i guess in the same way mark Wahlberg is but he's like subtle about it in a way that i've never seen mark Wahlberg be you know like yeah he, sully he, is such like hawaiian shirt dad energy yeah and like, that's uh, just not mark mark Wahlberg is form of comedy and it's funny sometimes like in the ted movies it's funny but like if you're gonna try to play sully I can't see how it's like accurate to the tone of Sully in the games. Um, at least what I've played no. so far. But like, I can't. Um, I, I can't imagine. Uh, okay, liberal. What are you trying to say? 
Um, I just, I, I mean, I saw Sully. I thought it was an okay movie. I don't understand why they're trying to play like this, this real character into Uncharted. I thought Tom Hanks did a fine job playing the part. Um, so yeah, I just wish they would have done it in July, if I'm being honest. But have you played the Uncharted games, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Uncharted games. Um, two is the best one in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm like halfway through it right now. It's Truth so good. Uh, um, but uh, Sully, I always thought. Um, well, I don't. I, Tom Holland, I thought was an odd. I mean, I guess they're doing young Nathan Drake, so it's fine. Yeah. And he can do like the, I can see Tom Holland running, you know. But I can't. I always thought uh, <laughs> like a younger Bradley Cooper would have been the best choice for Nathan Drake. Uh, like, like I just think whenever I see Nathan Drake, I think Bradley Cooper. Like Midnight Meat Train, Bradley Cooper kind of age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, Hangover maybe, but I. Uh, uh, yeah, and then also, uh, Brian Cranston was right there for the part. I don't understand yeah. why they didn't pick him. He's, like, genuinely, like, I think on Wikipedia, on IMDb, he was rumored for the longest time, because it's like, just give him, just give him the part. I don't understand why you would, they're just, they, the whole casting with this movie is just weird. I just think it's weird. Yeah. And it's not like he's above it, either, Brian Cranston, because he did Power Rangers. Yeah. So, like, he, he, he's not against genre movies. So, like, I could see him fitting in. And honestly, like, they pull it off well enough to where... I mean, how old would Sully be at this point, uh, Sarah? Like, what do you mean? Okay, support? okay. So, <laughs> so, in Uncharted 3, they have flashbacks to when Nate and Sully first met. And Nate is supposed to be 15. And Sully's supposed to be about 40 in it. So, I imagine Tom Holland would be playing, like, 18-year-old Nate. So, Sully will be, like, in his early 40s. Okay. Even if they aged him up more, it would still make sense because most like ninety eight percent of the time that we see Sully, he's old. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't even like think of who I would rather have. Uh, you mentioned David Harbor before we started recording. And <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's just because I love David Harbor. But yeah. But honestly, like that's because like David Harbor is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Dad energy. Yeah. Like it's. And also, like, after season three of Stranger Things, Hawaiian shirt energy. Like, that's... Yeah, literally, like, Sully's, Sully has that same mustache in the flashbacks. Do you guys want to hear my extremely galaxy brain uh, Nathan Drake casting idea? Please. Sure. Jack Dylan Grazer. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He would kill it. Yeah, I mean, how old is that kid now? Like, 16, 17? 16, yeah. So yeah. that's right around the age that's perfect for it. He's so funny. He could totally nail that part of Nate. And, like, he kind of looks like a younger Nate, too. Like, they have baby Nate in uh, some Uncharted 4 flashbacks, and he's, like, 13, and he looks a lot like that. I think that would be really great. And I'll go out there. I'll say it. Uh, Sully, Sam Rockwell. I think he could do it. I think. Oh, I, I kind of oh like God. that, actually. Just Sam Rockwell in anything is good. <laughs> um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Uncharted... When does this movie come out? Next year? Uh, year after? It's supposed to come out December of 2020, but I seriously doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, that they haven't even started filming yet, so there's absolutely no chance of that, because they can't what? get it to post in time. I think um, uh, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda would be a good Nathan Drake, <laughs> I think. I think Lulu Wang would do a really good job. <laughs> 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 Uh, Wang was cast as Two Face. <laughs> uh, and on that note, uh, so 
the next uh, topic, I guess, is um, Monsters University. No, uh, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Doctor Sleep, uh, the newest Mike Flanagan joint. Um, uh, Joe, do you want to tell the good audience what this movie is about? Uh, Doctor Sleep is about one dirty bitch. His <laughs> name. His name is. Uh, Ewan McGregor, and he's uh, so he's playing and he's playing himself. Of, he's playing himself. He's playing yeah. a dirty bitch. Uh, he's cashing those Moulin Rouge checks. No, I, it's about <laughs> Ewan McGregor plays a grown-up version of Danny Torrance from The Shining, and uh, he's he's a drunkard. He's sleeping around. He's giving cheats to babies. He's a he's a wild <laughs> man, and. Um, he uh he slowly gets his life together and uh, during this time he starts to shine with this younger girl um and the whole time uh, Rebecca Ferguson's fucking around with the funky bunch just sucking <laughs> on folks and then all their paths collide. I want you to do uh, the story for every episode now. I want <laughs> I want this for every episode because you do such a good job at accurately talking about it. No one at home needs to see the movie anymore because I just described it pretty accurately. <laughs> yeah, save it for spoilers, Joe. God. Um, Sarah, are you a fan of The Shining? And what were your expectations going into this movie? I am a fan of The Shining. I saw it in theaters recently because they're, they're doing a thing now where they show um, an old older Stephen King movie and then they show you the newer one that's coming out that's like a companion to that because they did that with It as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really excited for this. I haven't read the books, but I I really plan to. I thought I was going to be able to before I saw this, but I didn't. Um, and I was really excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, I I did the yeah I did that too the re release in 4K. Um, and I really it was great seeing it in theaters for the first time. Um, and it just got me more excited. They showed like a 20 minute preview of Doctor Sleep after the movie, and I walked out halfway through because I didn't want to. Because they were showing too much, and I just was like, nope. Wait, 20 um, minutes at yours? They showed, like, literally, like, a TikTok at mine. It was, like, <laughs> it like a minute talk. Yeah, it was mine. after... Did you say for the credits? Like, after the credits? I think so. I can't remember, but they it was definitely shorter than I thought it was going to be. It was, like, it was like a featurette about, like, the cast, like, telling the story. And I'm like, I, I don't want to know. I kind of, like, like the mystery of it. So, like, I didn't want to know. So I just left. And um, I, I like that that I left because going into this movie, I still didn't really know entirely what it was about. And I really uh, just enjoyed going along for the ride. Um, Joe, what are your opinions on The Shining? And did you, did they meet your expectations? Or, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Sleep, not The Shining. Um, so The Shining is uh, my favorite <laughs> horror movie. Uh, yes. uh, I'm a big fan of The Shining. I obviously it's one of the only really movies that like it's one of the only movies that like really scares me. Uh, like I'm I genuinely like get like very like a lot of people say The Shining is not very scary, but it, it scares me a lot. I think it's like terrifying. So I was, I was very excited to see Doctor Sleep. I'm a big fan of Ian McGregor or like Mike Flanagan a lot. Um, I just thought uh, my main disappointment with the movie is that I thought John Cena kind of takes his shirt off a bit too much, and there's a little. Too- Wait, Joe, Joe, you saw t- playing with fire. Uh, oh, that's okay. That makes so much more <laughs> sense because there's so. Much, I thought I was like for a Stephen King movie. There's a lot of poopy. There's a lot of bubbles. There's a lot of farting. <laughs> but oh, so we're talking about Doctor Sleep. I, I like yeah. Doctor Sleep a lot. <laughs> um. 
Yes. So, okay. I'm, I was trying to catch up with you. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Sleep for anyone that doesn't know um, this movie, I'm trying to like think of you how to describe it. Um, it starts uh, Danny Torrance from the shining. Um, it's about him. What? 30 years later um, played by Ian McGregor. And the best part about this movie, or at least one of the best parts, one of the more compelling elements is that it's like, what is it like for a horror movie kid to grow up? And what is he like after going through a traumatizing experience? Um, and this movie really explores that in an intimate way. And it's a lot more of a character study than I was anticipating in a good way. I was very pleased with that. Um, this movie, I'm just going to say it. It's awesome. I loved it. Uh, I, I love this movie. I, I think it's getting a little bit of backlash, a little bit. Um, people are saying it's kind of fan service which I don't really understand. But... Mm-hmm. I loved every minute of this movie. It's one of those movies where even the imperfections I love. Like I admire that even the stuff that didn't work, they still went for. Um, I I love this movie, and it's just seeing like a continuation of The Shining is already like it's so satisfying, you know. Um, so how did you guys um feel about like the secondary characters in this movie? Um, there was I can't remember the Abra the uh the young girl. girl yeah how did you guys feel about her oh she was great she did a really great job um i think it's one of the better child performances of the year uh and i uh, i'd like to see more of her yeah I, I i agree with you joe uh how about you sarah yeah i agree i'm typically not a big fan of kids in movies but i think both her and jacob tremblay for the little screen time that he has yeah was that really was that crazy. a cameo was that it was a is it now that he's in this movie or is he making cameo appearances already <laughs> i mean I, um yeah one of the ladies behind me when i saw it at the screening she uh said is that the kid from wonder um <laughs> um yeah i I, she, I mean he's been on the cast list forever and i honestly thought he was playing young danny yeah me uh, too and I was like, oh, God, no, please. It's my rap name, actually, Young Danny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly thought, uh, what's the girl's name? Kylie Curran. Uh, she was fantastic in this movie. I, I really, I feel like this movie wouldn't have worked if she wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, but she yeah. really stole it. Um, how about Rebecca Ferguson? Can we talk about how amazing she was in this? Oh, she's just, she's so great. She's uh, <laughs> She's so good in this movie. I have a big crush on her, so she could have just shit on screen and I would have liked that. But honestly, that's what I want. I wanted to see Rebecca Ferguson take a shit on Ewan McGregor and and just, you know? Come on, guy. You, I know you guys agree with me. Come on. Get on I, I, I agree 110%, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did you feel the same way, Sarah, about Rebecca Ferguson? Because I thought she was one of the best parts. Yes, agreed. I really like the one line where Snakebite Andy, like, she just said, you're one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Or no, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Mm. I really felt like Mike Flanagan, like, he, he knew what he was doing when he wrote that. Yeah, I I really love her. And I've loved her since, um, I want to say Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That was the first time I saw her in a movie, I think. And I was like, holy shit. Like, where is this, like, where has she been, like, in Hollywood, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, this might be my favorite, uh, performance from her so far because she really gets into it. Um, yeah. she, she like commits fully to the villainous role and I won't lie when her character first started, I wasn't sure how I felt about her, um, like the tone of it. But by the time you get to maybe 
her second or third scene and you fully just get what she's going for. Um, uh, I, I fully fell in love with her. Um, well, I, I, I liked her in the mission impossible movies, but it wasn't until, um, her turn as, uh, Catherine Blatt in uh, The Snowman that I knew she was <laughs> the greatest actress of our generation. Uh, you know, don't really... joke about The Snowman, Joe. That's uh, that's uh, our Switzerland listeners' favorite movie. So oh, yeah, I forget. that. No, our Switzerland viewer is Harry Hole. So we I know, be... and it's his favorite movie. <laughs> it's his favorite movie. Um, she's so good in this movie. I can't wait to see her in Dune, you know? Just... Just what a good performance. Uh, a little, not a little, just could have used that poopy. <laughs> uh, what were you even talking about? Okay, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, she's talking about, Adam, <laughs> talking about poop. What are you doing? <laughs> Why um, are you laughing? <laughs> serious film. Okay. Um, well, how about Ewan McGregor? Can we, like, I thought this was like his best role in like forever um i i really can't remember the last time i liked him this much in a movie i mean i always love him mm-hmm. but in this movie he you really thought he was danny like i i really believed he was that kid from the shining you know um i i thought he wonderfully p- played like an addict like he was believable it would but yet you saw the humanity through him even when he was doing kind of shitty things mm-hmm. um he he's a fantastic actor and i think getting him for this role was fantastic. Uh, do you guys agree? Yeah, he does a really great job in the movie. Yeah, uh, he kind of broke my heart a little bit with how well he did. Yeah, he... Oh, man. We'll get more into it, but... Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he... he there's, yeah, there's one scene. I didn't fully cry, but I, I was getting there. I was like... Mm-hmm. I definitely felt things in this movie, but I was not... I was not expecting to have an emotional response to this movie. Um... Because I think that's the thing that surprised me the most. I I love The Shining, but I don't like have any like it doesn't make me cry and it doesn't make yeah. me you know. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, and we'll get more to it in spoilers. But there's that's the biggest surprise of this movie is that it has a heart, you know. And I mean, even though there's no poopy in the movie, I still was really <laughs> moved by it. <laughs> um, I thought that scene where he just uh. He said, I made a poopy, and he looked at the camera. I thought that was... <laughs> um, when, yeah, when they go to the Overlook Hotel, and he goes into the bathroom from The Shining, and he takes a big poopy. I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this pod, even? <laughs> you think Mark Maron does this shit? <laughs> What's up, fuckers? <laughs> uh, no, Joe okay. Logan would never... Can we talk about my Uber driver on Halloween night when he was <laughs> he was listening to uh, uh, Joe Rogan and hitting his pen and he passed me the pen. He said, do you like Joe Rogan? And I was like, Adam almost made me. I was sipping water when Adam <laughs> said that and I almost threw up. <laughs> just, I would have loved it. Insane. You're just let's come talk about my Uber driver. And that's it. That's all you say. I thought you knew that story already. And that's no, why you love no, it was at 3 a.m. and he was listening to Joe Rogan, and I was so drunk and I didn't know if I was hallucinating it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, Doctor Sleep. Um, Doctor, (laughs) I mean, is there anything else that we can really talk about? Like that's not spoiler. I I guess we could talk about Mike Flanagan in general. Like uh he's great. He the good guy. uh, Um, I wouldn't say this is his best movie, but I think it's his best directed movie. Um. 
he is he kills it behind the camera in this movie uh absolutely kills it um i've been standing him hard since oculus i love that movie uh hush for anyone that hasn't seen that that's yes! amazing hush, hush, hush is so fucking good uh joe have so you seen hush you i've seen be. hush i have ne- i've seen oculus i've seen hush i never saw the Ouija movie it was actually uh, pretty good i liked it um i uh I, and I've seen Haunting of Hill House, and I like him quite a bit. I think he, I think he deserves the credit that James Wan gets because I don't think I think James Wan, yeah. I like James Wan's movies, but I think Mike Flanagan gives you a little more to chew on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that's what I really liked about um, Haunting of Hill House because I was like how chewy I, it was. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, because I was like, because all of his movies they all have like a focus on characters that other horror movies sometimes don't have. And when he gets yes. like that, the full what was it, eight episodes, ten episodes? Mm-hmm. Um, There's twelve about, episodes. Twelve episodes. Like when he gets like the full twelve hours, to, like let it breathe. Mm-hmm. He works wonders with that. Like you could tell that was something that's been in his head for like ever. Like he, that's his. I think that's his masterpiece. Honestly, that's. There's ten. I was wrong. Oh well. Okay, Joe. This is your last <laughs> straw. I like. <laughs> hey, I haven't um, peed during this podcast yet, so I'm doing yeah. For the past like five episodes, Joe's gotten up to pee during like <laughs> mid episode. He texts me he's like, "I'm gonna go pee. Uh, talk for me." And I'm here. I am talking to like nobody for two minutes. Um. So yeah, Doc. I mean, yeah. So Mike Mike Flanagan, he really owns this. I think he does like that really cool thing where he walks that balance of making it an adaptation of Stephen King's novel, but also somehow a sequel to Kubrick's film. And I think, um, the, I think this is just, I think the worst parts of this movie are the Stephen King stuff, but I think the sh- everything shining stuff is, you know, playing with the shining is like kind of like on its, the surface seems blasphemous, but he does such a good job with it. And it's all this, the stuff that would seem fan servicey ends up being just such an such a so well done and there's this one scene in particular that i won't spoil and i think you guys probably know what i'm talking about that on the surface with another director could be really fan servicey and could like go walk the line of being ridiculous but he does such a good job making it grounded and realistic and emotional and i think it's this this film's such a, a just a well thought out um sequel to the shining and also i think it does tell the stephen king story well and i think there's it's like a heartfelt horror movie, which I don't think you get many of those nowadays. Yeah. Like for me, Stephen King properties are a lot about, they're really not even about the horror at the end of the day. It's about the people in it. And I think Mike Flanagan is the same way. So having Mike Flanagan do a Stephen King story, I think was such a beautiful combination. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to, to, Stephen King's a great writer. I don't mean, there's just, uh, there was one part about the movie I thought was stupid, but other than that, well, I mean, and I think, I don't mean to discredit Stephen King, but, like, it's been widely known that half of his, like, writing, like, uh, like half of his books from the 80s and 70s and stuff, it's, like, he was coked out of his mind when writing <laughs> yeah. that stuff. So, like, I, I, he, that's a takeaway from his work, because he, he did it, you know, he, he wrote the, he wrote the art, and it's beloved, and you can't take that away. But at the same time, it's not like it's, like, untouchable. And mm-hmm. the way he, def- I mean... I don't know if you guys listened to the last podcast on the left, but yeah, Mike Flanagan's uh, yeah, interviewing him, yeah, that was yeah, great. so good. And the thing that I was really interested in when he was talking about that, um, he was talking about 
his relationship with Stephen King and how he didn't even meet Stephen King until what after the edit of Doctor Sleep, I think, or yeah, he didn't meet um, him until after everything. Yeah, he he fully made Gerald's game, but he didn't even meet him during that at all. And um, they he said that Stephen King is very open to people doing what they want with his adaptations, but um, they but he's like fully willing to criticize them after it's released. But he's yeah, he, he treats he them as their own separate entity, sort of. Yeah, and I admi- and I think the philosophy was something like, you know, if it's great, then it's they praise it because it's a Stephen King adaptation, and if it's bad, uh, he gets money anyways, and they'll say it's yeah. not as good as the book. So either way, yeah, it's exactly. a win-win for him. Um, this is a, this episode sponsored by Last Podcast on the Left. Um, <laughs> and Mark um, Wahlberg. Uh, and Mark uh, Wahlberg. Yeah, he's got some legal fees to pay off, so we're trying to help him out. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it was really weird in this movie when uh, Mark Wahlberg played older Jack Torrance in this mm-hmm. in the Overlook. I thought that was that was pretty weird. And then um, Eminem shows up and says, "Aren't we a funky bunch?" <laughs> okay. Um. So, <laughs> what would you guys give Doctor Sleep out of ten? Um. I would. Ah, you know what, Adam? I'm tired of you talking. <laughs> Here's what I'd give the movie. I'd give it an. I'd, I'd give it an eight point five out of ten. Okay, um, liberal. Okay. All right. Uh, Sarah, what would you give uh, Dr. Sleep? Even though there's no poopy in this movie, I'd still give it a good <laughs> score. Sarah, what would you, you give it out of 10? Uh, being completely subjective about it, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Hmm. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I would give it a solid uh, 8.5 as well. Um agreeing with the liberal on the pod. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I really love this movie. It, it's really great. Um, I honestly was not even sure what to expect with mm-hmm. it um, because I'm just always kind of nervous about going back to properties that are beloved, like The Shining is. And it worked because it's not pandering to nostalgia. It's just genuinely continuing the story in an organic way. And that's what I liked about it. So um, if you guys haven't seen Dr. Sleep yet, uh, please check it out. But uh, for anyone that has, we're going to be talking about spoilers next. So uh, this is your warning. If you haven't seen it, turn it off. Um, oh, yes, Joe. Uh, just a little interesting uh, tidbit of information. Whenever Joe wants me to stop doing something, he texts me during the pod. Um, so, Joe, do you want to tell us a little story? Okay. Well, now now I feel like an asshole. I don't want to tell my story anymore, Adam. <laughs> um, so when I saw this movie, I'm still going to tell it. When I saw this movie, I was not feeling well. I was a sick boy. And uh, I was sitting in the movie, and about the halfway point, I started to feel really, really uh, crummy. It was that, it's this, you know, when you're sick, but it's, like, inside you. It's not like your throat is sore, you're, like, this runny nose. It's, like, you're, like, chilly inside. No, Joe, know? I, don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, Sarah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay, Sarah, the the conservative gets it. So <laughs> I I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home right after this movie. And I got out of the movie, and it was raining. And I was like, oh, damn it. This is not good. And I um, the second I stepped out and the water from the sky, when like when it rains, water falls from the sky. I don't know if you know that, Adam. But yes. the second the water hit me, I was like, I'm going to vomit. And I, I started to run to a trash can. And I, I throw up. And then I look up. And there were, like, two teenage girls, like, horrified at me. And I said, <laughs> sorry. And I ran away. 
<laughs> so I went, I was like, sorry, and I ran to my car. So that's my that's my fun Dr. Sleep story. And then you saw uh, a rejected marriage, marriage proposal. At the, after yeah. I saw yeah. a marriage story at the AMC. <laughs> uh that was a great story joe uh thank thank you joe we we appreciate that uh this is why we have you on the pod um so i mean Am is I that just it? a joke to you no that's it that's that's my entire response um <laughs> uh so like i said uh <laughs> if, if you if anyone's still listening <laughs> At this point, whenever we uh, finish recording these, Adam goes, "Joe, what the hell?" and screams at me for forty five minutes for the podcast. It's mad at me when I go pee pee. He's like, <laughs> and also he leaves and he like goes lives his life. I have to stay in this call. This is a like a like a <laughs> ongoing call that I have to stay in. Uh, um, I was gonna say something funny, but you you're just too clever, Joe. You beat me to it. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, can we get to spoilers now? Sarah, what do you think about <laughs> this? Is the worst. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it's like me going off on you. It's like that Terminator Salvation audio with Christian Bale <laughs> going off, going off on the guy who does the lighting. Yeah, that's me. Okay, uh, yeah, but I think it's more so David or Russell yelling at uh. What's her name? The lady from she's in Grace and Frankie. What's her name? Oh, uh, Jane Fonda. Frank, Frankie. Frankie. Frankie Valley. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Doctor Sleep. Um, this movie. Uh, I mean, so it starts off um, pretty much right after The Shining, right? Um, I, I thought that was interesting because I I've never wondered that you know like what actually did Danny and Wendy do after like, how, how do you even cope with that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> stop. <Joe. laughs> He's just texting me stuff to make me laugh. So I'm going to turn off my phone. Oh, God. I just literally like put it in airplane mode. So, uh, but yeah, no, I actually, I did when I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, he probably had like really bad PTSD from that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's like, how do you even like cope with your father trying to murder you and your mother during a snowstorm? Like you'd probably be fucked up after that. Right. Well, for me, that's just Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, sir, did you read the book for this by any chance? No, but I have the ebook. <laughs> Adam, she said earlier that she didn't read the book listen i don't i don't listen to anything ever i don't even listen to our own podcast how am i supposed to listen to people um but i was just wondering because i've actually heard there's a lot of like deviations from the book in this movie um that takes a lot of liberties with both the kubrick movie and the book and it kind of almost becomes its own thing um so i thought that was but i i don't know what to credit if it's more Stephen King or if it's more Mike Flanagan. So I really don't know, but I thought the first, cause this movie takes its time with its opening. Like you spend like what, yeah. almost 15, 20 minutes with younger Danny mm-hmm. um, before you get to Ian McGregor. Um, I thought that was really fascinating the way it like um, the way like it portrayed him still coming to terms with his shine. And uh, I thought that was really good. Um, how did you guys feel like about the first like 20 ish minutes of this movie? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought um, he does. A, I thought it was. 
I just read something really weird about this in the Wikipedia page. I'm, we're going to skip over that, but I, uh, the book at least, but I, yeah, I thought me. it was, um, apparently, um, the, uh, Abra, the girl in the book, it's a plot point that she predicts nine 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. I just, I was like saying my opinion. I read she, uh, she seemingly predicts the nine 11 attacks is the, <laughs> opening line to the third paragraph of the Dr. Sleep Wikipedia page. I don't like I, that. I thought it was very good. Um, I, I thought the guy who played um, Dick Halloran uh, was a great choice oh for the part. God. His name is Richard. So Richard? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but like seriously, when I saw... Because I was like, is this like one of the CGI like... Mm-hmm. One of the like recreate like dead actors? Like they're going to do what? Uh, what's his name? Um... Oh, James Dean. James Dean. So I was like, because he looks just like him. Uh-huh. Exactly like him. Like. It emulated him so well. It was scary. Honestly, that is, I want to say, that's the best casting for like an older, like, past. I don't know if the actor passed that played him in the original, but, um, or if he's just too old to play him now. But like, this is some of the best, like, recasting that I've ever seen in my life. It is impeccably perfect in this movie mm-hmm. um and he he pops up a few times throughout but every time he does it, like it just and especially if you're seeing the shining again in theaters it just it's him it really is that character you know <laughs> that uh, actor has passed his name's scatman crothers he has passed away okay yeah because he i mean he was great in the original movie and this guy wait, wait his name is scatman scatman crothers well, oh, oh, wait a minute. I thought, you were, I thought you were making a joke. Oh, Scatman to stage name. His this is any Venus all over again. I guess it's like a jazz thing, but I was I wasn't thinking about jazz. <laughs> Scatman. Um so <laughs> uh, and I forgot to mention the opening uh with Rebecca Ferguson's character in this movie. Um mm-hmm. kind of the cold open of the movie. Uh chilling, I thought. Um like I, I was really creeped out immediately. Um mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of like the opening with uh Pennywise and Georgie. Um mm-hmm. Just like you know, it's not going to be good. Whatever happens, and the yeah. way that Flanagan like builds the tension, um, it That's just really. Open again. Um, well, it opens with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. She pulls out her iPhone and she turns on the Critics Podcast. And I thought, <laughs> that... <laughs> uh, she like she basically her and her uh, home, her and her boys they uh they feed they literally vape a little girl. And she dies. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, and there she, oh oh yeah, I remember. That was a good opening. <laughs> uh, I like how they're vapors in this movie, and I, I like to think this entire movie is an allegory for anti vaping. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the, only, the part I thought was odd about the film was that they're, they like legitimately vape, and they have vape caps, like they have vape pens essentially. For literally, people. like. I, I'm half joking, yeah. but also at the same time, it's literally vaping. That was um, when, I, when I said that the, like the Stephen King stuff. Uh, like I thought that was annoying, and I thought the just that they called themselves the True Knots. I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> you could just be a spooky group. You don't need a name. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know where to go. So it kind of jumps. I mean, after you see like Danny's like life after the shining, you jump to 2011 where Danny is, um, he's fully an alcoholic, uh, mm-hmm. barely functioning, just kind then, of, uh, she gets invited to the Midsommar festival. <laughs> um, um, both their names are Danny. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I, I don't even know where to go with this. Joe, do you want to take over the section? Um. So yeah, Danny. Um. He kind of is a. He's a. He's a. We're in the 2011 section, right? Where he starts working. Yes. Hospice. Yeah. He goes to this <laughs> hospice, and essentially he um he uses his shining ability to help old people die uh, with a nice little cat. And I thought this was a wonderful. Um. When that old guy called him Doctor Sleep, I went, aw. Um, I, I thought this was a nice little section of this. his friend um, is I thought he was great um, and this is uh this is where um the uh, true knots kind of grow closer to getting Abra and I thought um I thought this section uh, was really where I got into the movie the first the first 10 15 minutes I was like all right what am I watching I really liked it but I was like what's the movie gonna be and once it kind of got into this I was like oh yeah we're in for a treat um, Sarah, I know you had like a lot to say about like this kind of section, so do you want to yeah. go for it? Yeah, so I was not expecting to cry going uh-huh. into this movie. Um, I knew why Danny was called Dr. Sleep because I heard Mike Flanagan talk about it on last podcast. so I was I was ready to see that. but it was like I it made me so sad and it completely surprised me that it did the scene where he talks the old man into peace when he's dying. Mm-hmm. Like I just that was just so beautiful and I wasn't expecting that at all. I'm like I'm like tearing up thinking about it right now because it's it's just amazing and um Mike Flanagan is just the best of that kind of thing and I love that he brought that into this movie. I thought that was really amazing. Yeah, I <sighs> I mean, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I didn't expect this movie to have the heart that it had. Um, I think that kind of goes... I guess Kubrick... I love Kubrick's movies, but they are very cold movies in a good way. Like, they're Mm -hmm. experiences, and you don't really... I've never cried during a Kubrick movie, you know? Um, (laughs) I cry a lot during Flanagan movies. Like, I cried during Hush for some reason. I cried during the Ouija movie, which I didn't expect. Like... (laughs) I cried during Haunting of Hell House many times. Um, I I love him as a director and I feel like he was the perfect choice for this movie because um, like I said earlier with Haunting of Hell House, he really had time to let these characters breathe. And like, it's not just like a horror story. It's also a story about this like traumatized family and how a family overcomes um, uh, trauma together, you know? Um, And Dr. Sleep, it has like a, I mean, how long is it? Like 150, 150 minutes almost? Like, it's it's a long movie. And he really gets his time to, like, dig into Danny as a character and, like, fully explore him and his path in life. Um, I can't remember the friend's name in this movie that gets him, like, help. Um, Billy. But it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's played by Cliff Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he was really good in this movie, and I liked their relationship a lot. Um, just... I liked that he just saw in his eyes that he was just like a guy trying to like put a new path in his life. And, you know, I don't usually like all these like movies having all these different time jumps, but this movie does it well, you know, Mm -hmm. 
um, by the time he does get to the hospital and he is like Doctor Sleep and he like is using his shining ability for good, um, I was fully invested at that point. And that's I cried the first time he used his powers. Like I I, I didn't actually I didn't cry, but I, I teared up a little bit. And it, the movie just stuck with me from that point. You know, it just fully kept me like engaged emotionally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then. After that, we kind of uh, explore more with Rose, um, or um, you explore like the what's called the True Knot Gang or something, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah, um, the, true, the true, the spooky group, the True Knot Gang. The, I'm just gonna call them that, the spooky group, um, <laughs> the spooky group. Um, yeah, I you kind of explore them like getting desperate for um, more people to feast off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I don't know how soon after this is, cause I saw this like almost a month ago at this point, but, uh, they kill, I mean, it's spoilers, so it's fine, but they kill Jacob Tremblay <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about the scene? Cause it disturbed me, um, pretty deeply. Yeah. I didn't like seeing Jacob Tremblay die. I just, <laughs> I didn't, I like him. I, I mean, Book of Henry wasn't great, but he didn't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sarah, I know you're the horror queen. So, like, how'd you feel about the sequence? Man, yeah, that was really hard to watch. You kind of come to expect that stuff from Stephen King things nowadays. But right. Jacob Tremblay is such a great actor that it was it made it so realistic and scarier. And it, yeah. was, it was hard to watch, for sure. Yeah, I... um. I really loved that like sequence because of how much it scared me. Like I don't normally feel because I see so many horror movies and I don't feel like kind of anything towards them anymore. I mean, I can enjoy them, but like, it's hard to like get a reaction out of me. And yeah. I was like gasping during that scene. Mm-hmm. Cause it was so gnarly. Well, I was surprised because he's such a big star. I was like, oh, they're not going to kill him. And then they killed him. No, like <laughs> it was essentially a cameo just to have like a death sequence. Like it was crazy. Like, and I honestly, it was admirable because, like, I kind of like when movies do that. Like, they just go off, off in these little sections, and it just like kind of diverts from the story, but not really. But like in a progressive way. Like it was like, it was just it was a chilling sequence, and it just goes back to like Mike Flanagan's like directorial style, where he fully like lets these scenes breathe. Like they're not rushed at all. Like you feel the dread from the moment they stop him on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as soon as they open the van doors and he gets in, like you you know right away what's going to happen. Um, and it, it's disturbing. It really, really is. Um, so yeah, like I, I thought that scene was really well handled. And I guess we can talk a little bit more about Abra in this movie um, because I didn't want to spoil it just in case someone didn't know um, that she has The Shining. And she's kind of like Danny's apprentice, kind of, sort of, uh, more like a friend. And uh, I, I really like the relationship in this movie. It could have been really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. seeing yeah. a 40 year old man hang out with a little girl although they yeah. touch on that a little bit um, they do yeah and I think it was really smart to have that in even though clearly his intent, Dan's intentions aren't bad at all I yeah. think it was just really cool to see him acknowledge the way that some people could view it like if they just walked into the theater and saw that yeah I mean and even the scene where, like, where the dad freaks out on him like it's yeah it's 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 weird relationship, but like the movie goes out of its way to like tell you it's not creepy. Uh, they're just friends, whatever. Like, it, yeah. it's really it's really well handled, and I think the movie doesn't work if their relationship doesn't work. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. 
I just thought, and I thought her character arc in this movie was really compelling. I didn't expect, I mean, I love Danny in this movie, but I almost want to say she was the best part where I was like, I was fully invested in seeing this young girl come to terms with her powers and, you know, the, her whole life as she's been told that she's not supposed to shine. Um, and just seeing her kind of navigate her powers and come to terms with that, I thought was really compelling. Um, and the younger girl in the movie, um, Kylie Curran, like she's fantastic in the movie too. Mm-hmm. She, she's really, really great. Um, so I, I really liked, I think the movie got like kind of great at the point where uh, they go on the road or they like um, everything starts like everyone like meets up like Rose is going after them um, and they're going after Rose's group and Abra's on the run too. Um, that scene where they're like taking out the, the spooky group. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't say that like without laughing. Um, that scene in the woods where they're like taking them all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, super tense, right? Like yeah. I, I was on the edge of my seat during that sequence. Yeah, it was pretty tense. That that scene, though, I wasn't a big fan of just because it's like the whole thing is about them using their brain to fight each other and to just take out guns and kill everyone in the group. That I don't know. It might have been that way in the book. So it's, I'm I not just, sure. Uh, but it's it, just, I just I was like, that's convenient. Yeah, I just that, I wasn't a big fan of that. But I mean, if it's something that happens, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I get that. I. I thought it was okay because they were just trying because like they were kind of like on a ticking time like thing where it was like if they don't stop then they're gonna like keep killing and they're gonna kill Abra next if I'm not mistaken right like well they're gonna keep her and torture her yeah like so I was kind of like I understood at that point that they didn't have much of an option um so I I, I thought that was okay but I get what you're saying um but I just thought that scene in general was really well handled and yeah it was I done th- really well yeah and I think um. I went to the bathroom at like the worst possible scene because uh, apparently I missed Cliff Curtis's character dying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I came back and like it, 20 minutes passed and he didn't come back on screen. So I leaned over to my friend <laughs> and I was like, did he die? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even see his death sequence or anything. Like I, I, I really tried to stage it well, but I completely missed it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another thing I found interesting because I also had to take a bathroom break and it was hard to find one, especially it being a two and a half hour movie. Like yeah. even though it is too long, it's very tightly done. So it's hard to find like a, a down moment mm-hmm. that you think is going to be a good time. I just, I pissed my pants in the movie. I didn't even want to get out. <laughs> well, to be fair, Joe, you do that during most 90 minute yeah. movies. Too. <laughs> I do it during television programs. I do it during this podcast. <laughs> So when you say I'm taking a bathroom break, can you cover for me? You just actually piss your pants. And I just sit in my you. piss and I wait to see if you guys are talking crap. About <laughs> <what I'm talking. laughs> um, so I think the scene, one of my favorite scenes of the movie, I think this was actually the part where I came back was when um, uh, they were using or Abra uh, was being used as like uh, almost as bait um, for Rose to come see her. And the way, like, like the scene where she comes through the bedroom window and mm. uh, she, like, just the camera work in that scene, the visuals and the trippiness of it, I mm. thought was so good. And yeah. I I was kind of geeking out because I was like, this is, like, it's this really weird blend of Kubrick, Stephen King, and Mike Flanagan all in one. Um, 
and I love that sequence. I it was like it was scary, it was intense, it was exciting. I I, I was getting chills during that sequence. Um, how did yeah. you guys feel about that? Um, I fell asleep during the sequence, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, oh started... no, this was a great, this was a great sequence. <laughs> good, good. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really cool because, like, I I loved. I, it just was one of those sequences where Mike Flanagan really got to shine with his like directorial style. Right. I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, so I. I know this is kind of like a touchy su- subject for like some people that saw this movie. Like, how did you guys feel about like the third act and mostly like the inclusion of the Overlook and the Shining characters? Like, did you think he was in good taste or what? Um, I thought all of the Shining stuff in the film was. Uh, I said it a bit earlier, but I thought it was great. Um, and I think <clears throat> I just read the Wikipedia page. None of this is in the book. This is all for Mike Flanagan's head. So I think, oh really? Oh, yeah, none of it. The only thing the overlook is burnt down in the book, and there's a campsite on top of where it once stood. And Abra and uh, um, Dan end up being half brothers, uh, or half cu- end up being cousins. Um, and what? then uh, yeah, so there's a lot. Of, the third act is basically an entire deviation. They go to um, in the book they go to. Um, the Abra's um, they go to hell. Yeah, they go to her fetters. grandma, and then they <laughs> they like they like do like a Home Alone style thing where the Overlook used to be, and then Dan goes back to the hospice with Abra. So that's what happens in the book. But uh, I thought all this stuff was great. I really liked seeing it. I thought um, I think the scene with Danny and Jack was like one of the best things I've seen this year. I thought that was an incredible scene. I was really. That whole part, I just that was such a that was the scene. That was, you, any other director handling that type of scene could have really hit it up, but mm-hmm. I thought it was such a nice inclusion, just such a. It, it, it gave me closure that I didn't know I needed. You know, it was. Yeah. Uh, I was so I was very, I was so satisfied by that scene. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, did you feel like the same way? Like, did you think that it was appropriate or not too fan servicey? Yeah, I thought originally thought when um, they were first going and they showed his car going all the way to Colorado and they were playing the music. I was like, okay, this could be pretty gimmicky, but I trust Mike Flanagan. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did because he did an amazing job with everything. And oh, yeah, the scene with Jack was incredible. I know Mike Flanagan talked a little bit about um, in the last podcast interview about he went in a little bit about... um, how he's sober now and stuff like that. So I don't know if he's any had any similar issues with that, but it seems like it was very personal to him. So it was really cool to see him tackle that. And I think he was absolutely the right person to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I really did like about this was that um, it wasn't, I mean, that's kind of what I argue with people that like think it's just fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there was more to it than that. It wasn't just like, oh, here's like all the ghosts from The Shining. Like, no, like it's actually, um, even aside from the Jack stuff, like it's about coming overcoming traumas that you faced in your past, you know? Um, yeah. Like even down to like the girls in the hallway, like that's something that traumatized Danny too, right? Like, mm-hmm. it down, like everything that happened at the Overlook is something that has stuck with him his entire life. And the third act of this movie is essentially him coming to terms with, the person he wants to be the kind of mark he wants to leave on the world and coming to terms with if he is his father, you know, um, yeah. which I thought was the most compelling part. Like the, the question of 
I, there was a scene earlier uh, where he talks about um, all I really have left of my father is the worst parts of me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the anger, the drinking, you know, that's the worst part of what I had. And uh, the only time I feel close to my father or remember my father is when I am doing those bad things. And yeah. I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I know you're on the Wikipedia page, Joe, but there's a scene, <laughs> or, I think in the book, because I was listening to someone talk about it on a podcast, and they were talking about how in the book, Jack's actually redeemed. Yeah, um, in the book, huh. uh, when they're doing like the Home Alone thing to like prank, like to like beat the rest of the True Knots, uh, a ghost version group. of Jack... Uh, yeah, the spooky group of uh, a ghost version of Jack <laughs> comes back and pushes Rose off of a cliff. Huh. Huh. I, I don't, and then yeah. they do like a, they do like a, like a, they, they like nod at each other. Yeah, I don't really like that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like the way Mike Flanagan did it. <laughs> yeah, I like, to... <laughs> yeah. yeah I, like, I like this more because it's like, it's, it's more human. Um, it's not to say that Jack didn't have good qualities, but like, it's like he, by the time he died, he he was fully corrupt, and yeah. I I think it's lovely the sequence where um, he's at the bar and he's really tempted, um, and that's what I loved about that sequence at the bar when the first in The Shining when Jack Nicholson takes the drink, he fully gives into it. You know, he doesn't even try to really resist. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's a great comparison because it shows the entire question of the movie is is Danny like Jack and once you get to this point, you realize, no, not at all. Like he, he is a better person entirely. Like, um, he fully, he, he teeters with it a little bit, but he does fully reject the drink and he like never goes back to it. And he stands up to his father. And I just thought that was so beautiful. That sequence, like, that's the one that really got me that sequence. Like I, I didn't cry or anything, but like, I felt it in my heart. Like I was like, this is really deep and touching. Like, um, and also whoever they got to play Jack, um, as far as resemblance goes, not like top notch, but like his mannerisms were on point. I thought, yeah, like he yeah. got the essence of him down. Yeah, it was really good, and he wasn't like trying to do Jack Nicholson. He just was like he just believed it. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah, yeah, I really like the fact that they didn't really give Jack a redemption arc because not every character needs a redemption arc. Martin I agree. McDonough, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I really love the way a my classic in Bruges jab from Sarah. <laughs> Not in Bruges, three words. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, that's kind of the thing that I always because like that's something that I always come in like with because it's like there's a lot of movies that like try to like defend or um, have redemption arcs for like abusive people, and I I feel and I know that The Shining it, they he was possessed or whatever and there's influence, but there is also a part of him. He's always been like an asshole, you know, Jack. Mm-hmm. And I think it's totally fine that he's not redeemed. And this movie kind of doubles down on that. And also, wait, um, I just found something out. Um, do you want to know the guy who plays Jack Torrance? Uh, yes. It's Elliot from ET. Wait, what? <laughs> no bullshit. Just being completely serious. The guy who plays <laughs> his name is Henry Thomas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wait. Oh I can't tell if this is a bit or not. This is not a bit. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's kind of great. He was in Gerald's game. He was in Ouija or Origin of Evil. He's been working with Mike Flanagan this whole time. Wait, well, I'm, also, yeah, I'm looking yeah, at it right now. Oh, he was the priest in Ouija. Wow. Oh my god, that's crazy. He was in 
episode of Hill House. That's hilarious. What if that was the reference? He was he was like, yeah, we get The Shining, but that's Elliot from E.T. <laughs> <laughs> um, so God, that's I can't even I don't know how to continue after that. That's like a big revelation. I can't watch the movie the same way again. So I um I thought that. I can't la- watch the movie because I'm not old enough to see it yet. But uh, <laughs> I, I, it sounds good. And you're also grounded, Joe, so you can't really leave the house by not until you shape up. I I can't let you go see movies anymore. Um, so I I really thought uh, the third act of this movie was like pretty chilling. Like when uh, Rose finally gets to the hotel, mm-hmm. and um, oh, like the parallels between like her going up the stairs, um, with the axe. Uh, mm-hmm. and like showing off Danny I was geeking out so much during that scene um, and not because it was like nostalgia pandering it just made me feel so many emotions and um, when Abra like teams up with, and they're like tricking her mm-hmm. I was like it, I tweeted this like after I saw the movie I, like almost every 10 to 15 minutes of this movie I was thinking this really should not be working but mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan really finds a way to make even like the kind of goofy stuff like from the book, I'm guessing, like he makes it work in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved it. I thought the showdown between uh, Rose and Abra and Danny was really really compelling uh, and like exciting. How did you guys feel about like all that stuff? Oh yeah, I thought it was really great. I thought um, I like all the all the stuff with the in the hotel was really great. I loved her walking up the stairs too. That was that was great. And I, and then all of the all the ghouls coming out and pranking her bones. I thought that was great too. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Like when all the um all the ghosts like came out and like taunted her, mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and also Danny too. Like it it really really got to me. Um, how about you, Sarah? Yeah, I thought it was great. I loved the whole uh like psychically one upping everyone. Like, there can be shootouts and violence, like, physical violence between people, whatever. But it's just really cool to see people outsmart people in such cool ways, like how yeah. she did for Rose. And that was, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I really loved it. And I think, the like, the real icing on the cake was, like, uh, when they go to the maze and Abra has to, like, trick her into, like, mm-hmm. uh, going into the coffin. Um I, I thought that was so cool. Um, and again, that really, I feel like almost any other director would have like made that like too obvious and like too much of, like a wink, like, oh, remember The Shining? But, <laughs> but like the way this movie does it, like it's, it just works, you know? It doesn't feel like forced or anything. It feels like naturally, like that's what they would do, you know? Um, like that's how you would trick her. Like you would get her into that maze and like just like exhaust her. Um, now I want to talk about like this, uh, like the last like a little bit with Danny because mm-hmm. I was really scared when he gets possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really like kind of scared that they were going to ruin his character arc at that point um, mm-hmm. by like making him uh, like, like his father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I, thought, I thought that's where they were going with it. And it seemed very Stephen King, you know? So I was like, when he was like going like to kill Abra and they were, um, and like he was trying to, and Abra was like trying to get away from them. I really thought it was just gonna be the shining again with Danny as Jack. Um, and I'm like, you just had the perfect sequence with the bar, and then you're gonna undo it. Um, and I'm glad it doesn't go in that direction. But I was really scared for a moment that they were gonna like completely undo all the goodwill they did before. Um, yeah. But I thought the final like shot was of him like in the furnace room or whatever. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, did you have any specific thoughts on that, Sarah? Oh, him and Wendy hugging each other, the younger version of him. Oh my god. I mean, oh my god, I'm crying. It's so good. Oh yeah, that was also great casting. Uh, young Wendy. Oh yeah, she was great. Yeah. She was fantastic. Which is my uh which is Sarah's rap name, Young Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Torrent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you guys have sorry eyes, um, the actress that played Young Wendy is the lead in it, and she's fantastic. Starry eye. I feel like you've told me about this movie before, but I or yeah, show. I think we've talked about it. It's like it's a it's a Hollywood fever dream horror movie of sorts. It's really good. Yes, the people I, who made that they made um the Pet Cemetery remake, right? Oh yeah, that's I think that's when we talked about it actually, Sarah, like on one of the pods, because um, we were talking. Mm-hmm. I think it was on the oh, yeah. horror movie pod, yeah. Um, and then I found that out that it was from the Pet Cemetery people. Um, yeah, but which is uh, so disappointing. <laughs> it was yeah. it was terrible. Uh, that movie blows ass. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but she really was great as Wendy. I thought. Um, yeah. Joe, did you have any thoughts on like that kind of like last little arc for Danny, like? The way oh, concluded. I thought that was a I thought that was a wonderful moment. And then skipping to the end, him kind of coming back to say hi to Abra, I thought was great. And I thought the the the, the we uh, I forget I forget the exact line, but it's something along the lines of uh, we go on after. I thought that yeah. one was such a I was like, dude, what the heck, man? That's so good. Like that was mm-hmm. that that's I mean like the Stephen King isms are like present in the film but i think that i think what he's what mike flanagan does a really great job of is he's able to take the best parts of both of the both versions of the shining and kind of tell a really i think i, I the more i think about the movie the more i love it just because it, it really is like a very resonant film it's where there's a whole lot of heart to it and uh i think it, again like i think i can't imagine any other director doing it yeah, yeah i mean that's again that just goes to show like what happens when you let like a director actually do his thing or her thing with a movie like you don't interfere with it he he fully had his vision and it shows through like almost everything in this movie and um i i really loved that like uh it that final like sequence like where it comes uh not even like her him visiting abra but like when she makes the decision to like not hide her powers anymore mm-hmm. um and I liked how the final shot was uh, her walking to the bathroom like Danny did in the 80s. Yeah. So good. So, like, a, I can't even think of a better final shot, you know? Um, not so much passing the torch, but just, like, her learning a lesson and, like, as a whole, like, good will always overcome the bad, you know? Um, yeah. it's It was beautiful, really. Like, I couldn't have imagined a more potent and emotionally satisfying sequel to the shining and somehow it's also kind of its own thing it doesn't even just like you could i don't want to say you could see this without seeing the shining but i feel like it stands on its own apart from the shining Mm -hmm. like it's its own piece of work um which i admire yeah um so any final thoughts before like any other spoilery thoughts um uh, no (laughs) uh great wonderful as always joe we we appreciate your input on the critics podcast thank you um so sarah thank you for again for being on this pod of course sarah do you have any final thoughts well i um (laughs) yeah i'm upset there is no stephen king cameo in this one (laughs) oh the i I thought it was weird when danny went to a bookstore and then there was like a five minute (laughs) riff sequence where uh (laughs) 
thought it was um, weird that Danny hit the nay nay. I don't, I don't know why that was. <laughs> I thought it was weird when the entire uh, all the ghouls from the Overlook did the Gangnam style together. Um. (laughs) You know, I I haven't seen the show in a while, but I'm pretty sure they don't need to simultaneously whip and nae nae to shine. (laughs) I I can't even do this. Uh, I didn't expect to see Ewan McGregor hit the nae nae so hard. It's been such a long day at work, and when I came home today, I didn't think I would be talking about uh, nay-naying and uh, Gangnam Style, but here we are um, in my 22 years of age. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, is that I mean, any other poop jokes you want to tell before we go, Joe, or any other um, pee-pee jokes? Or... Knock-knock. Who's there? Poop. <laughs> So Sarah, where can uh, we find you? <laughs> I, I, are you actually doing that, Joe? Are you? Well, yeah. I mean, do we have anywhere to go? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sarah, where can everyone find you online? <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> you can find me in Ma's basement. <laughs> uh, you can find me Twitter Sarah underscore H A I I Letterbox. Uh, wait, I changed it. Super Dark Times. Super Dark Times. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna link it in the bio. So Sarah's got a great. Twitter. I'm no longer a lot of, them. Lot of funny tweets coming from Sarah. Thank yeah. you. This, this week, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard not to talk about uh, Succession and NoHo Hank from Barry all the time, but I'm <laughs> I'm trying my best to restrain. She has the best content when it comes to like memeing uh, the best shows on TV right now. So definitely follow <laughs> Sarah on Twitter and Letterboxd too, because she she memes on Letterboxd too, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, Memeing on Letterboxd is my only thing that I do. So please, uh, Joseph, where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me uh, hanging out with the spooky group. Um, I'll be, uh, I am at Joseph underscore Salamone on most platforms. Um, and you can find me beating the shit out of Joe. And you can also find me Adam Sidorius on Instagram and Adam Sidorius on Letterboxd. And guess what? Adam Sidorius on Twitter, too. Um, so we'll be back soon. Uh, we'll be talking The Mandalorian, which uh, Joe loves. Yeah, my uh, favorite show. Um, we'll be talking a little bit of Ford versus Ferrari, maybe. Um, and I will be seeing Uncut Gems a month before Joe does, so we'll be oh. talking about that soon. Um, uh, Sarah tweeted today, my drag name is Wendy Torrent. <laughs> yeah and then she also tweeted i do not support minorities so i don't it's a it's kind of she got a, a she runs the gambit on her twitter <laughs> you were so close joe without saying something this episode. <laughs> she, tweeted, she retweeted a death rising meme it says can't go bro my motherfucking baby charging so she's death got a good, rising it's death stranded i don't know the game stranding this is a gaming <laughs> podcast, Joe. You gotta get your shit together. <laughs> um, Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all chilling on our Christian Minecraft server. And if you, any other Christian gamers want to check out movie reviews, you should we've go to Critics. About, we've, been, we've been talking about doing a gaming episode of this podcast. If there's any interest in it, please let us know. We will do it. <laughs> what, all two of our listeners? 
Yeah, if the Swedish listener wants... Why has he not reached out to us? That's the I, thing. Listen, I check the stats every week, and he listens to every episode, and yet he has not reached out to us. <laughs> Do you anyone that listens to this... Pele from Midsummer. Oh my god, I would, I would cry. Like, the thing no, is... No, it's Ruben. Is it Ruben? If you're Ruben, please let us know. I think he's like, listening to the pod. I think if Joe, if we get like um like random arts arts and craft projects in the mail, you know, it's gonna be Ruben because he'll, <laughs> he'll like he's gonna finger paint us something. It's gonna be weird. Wait, I just realized the link between Ruben and Charlie. They both did arts and crafts and couldn't talk really. Wow. <laughs> I love. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Joe to say something, but I guess I'll do be the one um... to say something. I've never seen uh, Midsommar or uh, whatever the other movie's called. Joe has I only like seen War Dogs, the movie. That right. Um, yes. I, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with this. Uh, <laughs> Joe, anywhere? Anything else you want to plug? Um, is there, um, my birthday's next year, uh, so if you guys <laughs> want to start planning for that um let me see do i have anything to plug i don't think so um i was gonna plug the critics.com but you can uh, plug yeah oh yeah plug critics.com to get the hottest movie reviews and um sometimes we give out blu-rays um adam is on the website uh there's so much there's it's it's so much (laughs) content so much so if you guys would check it out, we maybe we could finally make some revenue off of I it. I mean, Travis reviewed Playing with Fire. Can mm-hmm. we like get some hits on that, please? Yeah. Um, I reviewed um, my Clemency review is coming out soon. Everyone's looking forward to seeing that. Incredible, uh, show stopping, never been mm-hmm. done before. Um, so that's it for this week. Like I said, we'll be back soon. So don't miss us too much. Uh, so until next time, gamers, uh, keep gaming, keep. Minecrafting and uh, keep shining. Uh, We'll see you (laughs) next time.